back to the Face Out Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson, and we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to uh, another episode. We always appreciate it when you guys tune in. And as usual, we are sponsored by Ruse Brews. Please check them out on Instagram and or Facebook. Uh, they got some things going on, and we actually had a, a good Rink of Dreams uh, game today. I think that's what they're called at the American Airlines Center. Uh, and it was the uh, Rubes Brews Classic. So uh, if you happen to go check out their social media, you might find some pictures from Melissa Bosa, who is a uh, local uh, hockey photographer. And uh, anyway, so uh, thank you to those guys. Thanks for Rubes Brews. Had a great time. But now we're going to move on to the episode. And uh, this is kind of a first. Um, so I don't have people back a second time. This is not a thing that I usually do. I know some of you guys say, well, you've had, you know, Corby on before. You've had Newman on before. Eh, those are just kind of my buddies. And when they can fill in, they can fill in. But I've never actually had a guest on for a second time until today. I should say tonight. We're getting into the evening. Anyway, there's been previous podcasts where I've talked about some of my favorite episodes. And um, some of those range from ones that I feel like have been uh, kind of serious and other ones that I think were like kind of funny and uh, everything in between. Some of them are insightful, um, but I've always talked about one guest in particular um, being one of my favorites. When people ask me, hey, uh, I, I, I want to listen to your podcast, like give me an episode. I actually use, usually give them uh, this guest. And, and it's, it's one of those, I, and I wish I had the episode on hand, but it, it's one of those where when I go back, it was just early enough that it was just... It was insightful. It was fun. He's a funny guy. But tonight I have, and you will have to uh, reiterate your titles because you have so many, but Kelly Clymer is here tonight for the second time, but he is the first person I've asked to come back, and he actually decided to come down and bless me in Mansfield. He is in Mansfield. Kelly Clymer, I could not feel more privileged for having you here. Thank you so much for coming down. Well, Adam, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to be with you again. Uh, I want you to know that I had just as good a time uh, that night as uh, you were saying that you had. Well, I, I felt like one of the reasons was, uh, Kelly, because um, it was still a little bit earlier on, and um, I was really trying to, like, push uh, kind of like an hour. That was my thing. That was kind of like, that was my standard. I was like, okay, I really got to push for an hour. Uh, but sometimes they were difficult. I was still kind of like, you know, uh, figuring out how to do this and and how to kind of uh, kind of make make conversation happen, if you will. But if you remember ours, it was the first one that we actually just had to kind of cut off because you had to drive up to Plano. You had come down here. It was getting late, but I think that episode is like an hour and forty minutes, and it just felt very comfortable to me. Um, I felt like we had not just good conversations about um, the, the game of hockey, which you know this podcast revolves around, you know. 95 percent of the time anyway but we just kind of talked about you know just other things outside of life and philosophy and i kind of wanted to get back to that a little bit instead of saying you know hey kelly climber give us your you know biography if you will if anybody needs that we already have that episode that already exists but i just wanted to kind of like check up with you and i really with you being in plano and me being in mansfield sometimes i have to create these reasons to see people that I just kind of miss and I haven't talked to in a while and that, you know, what other way am I going to get to talk to Kelly Clymer besides maybe setting up a podcast? So here we are. Well, uh, thank you for uh, coming up for a reason. Cause I had a great time with, with you too, Adam. And, 
and uh, I enjoy doing this and I enjoy helping out any way that I possibly can. I, uh, I love uh, the sport of hockey. Uh, I wouldn't be the person that I am if hockey hadn't been in my life. I've been around the game now for 54 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it doesn't seem like I'm 62 years old, but, uh, but I am. Well, here's the thing though, Kelly, cause you're going to have to, cause I have actually forgotten the specific titles yeah. uh, that yeah. you are, but could you go ahead and could you tell people yeah, uh, with, with USA hockey and then also with uh, the penguins, could you kind of give them a brief uh, overview of, of your, uh, right. I'm, uh, I'm coaching chief for the States of, uh, Texas and Oklahoma for USA hockey. And then again, I am uh, the head coach of the Dallas Penguins under 18 double I. Yes. Okay. So, um, and when you say that you are the, was is it, it's coach in chief? Coach in chief. It's a coach in chief. So uh, a lot of you guys may know Kelly from various uh, coaching clinics, uh, which you have taught me. I think you've taught me one in person and one virtual. I've had yes, you sir. twice. Yes, and sir. It was just uh, wonderful both times. You are, uh, you're genuine. Um, and so here's the other funny part, Kelly, because um, I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit. But when I originally reached out to you, you know, the, the podcast was kind of first starting off and I had just taken, uh, I think it was the virtual. I think I had taken the one in person first and I took the virtual second. But I was like, I knew that when I took the virtual, I'm like, this guy would be so good for the podcast. He just has it. He, he has he has the uh he he has the words. He has the he has the charisma. I, I I'm not trying to pump your tires too much before we get going, <laughs> but I just thought I was like, man, this guy's he's going to be so good. But I think that's part of the reason that they got you to do these uh, coaching clinics. Not that it wouldn't you know maybe be part of your responsibilities anyway. But I mean, I, f I feel like you were just you were made to make something that, if we can be honest, isn't always the most entertaining thing, and making it entertaining so that way it doesn't seem as long to us. And then we, you know, we actually. Well, thank you for the kind words. I, yeah. uh, you know, I have likened the uh, the Saturday or Sunday morning clinics that that the coaches have to take to defensive driving. Yes, uh, it's not something that you're looking forward to uh, right. blowing your whole Saturday or Sunday on. Right. And so if uh, I don't take myself too seriously and I believe in the comedy defensive uh, driving courses, so yeah. I, I try to do that. So, you know, to talk about a little bit about, you know, what my duties are, you know, actually I have some instructors underneath me that teach. And with the COVID situation and what's happened uh, the last couple of years and stuff, I have pretty much taken the duties up to uh, to cut to uh, teaching those clinics myself yeah. and kind of gave my instructors the time off. Oh. And, but I must tell you that it's something that I, I enjoy and I do have fun doing it. Uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting to me when I have 20% of a class from Minnesota. Yes. And yeah. you know that they've got to be t thinking, my God, I'm taking a coaching class from somebody in Texas. This has got to be off. Uh-huh. Yeah. You yeah. know, but, you know, hopefully you saw that my style is that I'm, I'm humble. Uh -huh. And, you know, I try to find out who the alpha dogs are in the class yeah. that like to talk. And, you know, I, uh, I, I toss them up some, uh, some meat so they can uh, uh -huh. go, go to the fence with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then, but then it, it makes the class a little bit easier for you. Cause I feel like that that's when those classes become the best is when there's good conversation. Right. I think that that's what, you know, whether or not you want to, cause you know, for the most part, 
you know, people don't really enjoy slideshows for the most part, but they need to happen. We need to make sure that you're seeing this information and that you have this text, and, you know, and that you, you're able to get this. But a lot of those good, you know, moments are when people have those conversations. And I kind of like when, because um, now they, they put you into these little like rooms. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. They put you in the little rooms. But my last one, because usually, sorry, Kelly, but most of the time I'm like, ah, oh, these classes, whatever. I've enjoyed the rooms. They've actually been very good and very, because um, they usually try and put you kind of with your uh, uh, coaching range. So if you're coaching, you know, college or high school, you're kind of put with them. Um, but getting into those uh, some of those conversations, there were some that were like, oh, we're, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. And then we're getting each other's like uh, uh, information so that we can like communicate like outside of the class. And it's been actually like really cool and really beneficial. Right. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, uh, some of the participants reach out to me that they're looking for somebody. I have everybody's contact information. Yeah. Yeah. So I can get them in touch with it. But, uh, you know, yeah, sometimes, uh, those alpha dogs do get to talking too much though. And I have to reel them back in. You do or, a job at that. Or we're going to be there till 12 o'clock the next afternoon. Well, it's kind of like that kid in class is like, Hey, does anybody have any questions? And we're like, well, Hey, and it's like, Oh, this guy, you know, <laughs> it's like questions are good, but it's like, Hey, let's not, we're not trying to keep this, uh, keep this going for uh, too long, but this is, this is me as a participant. You do a great job teaching the class, but I, um, I actually really enjoyed, I think I had my level three. So my next one will be four, but I just right. had level three, but it, it was, it was like one of the more fun ones I've, I feel like I've done. And it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed the last one I did. Kelly. Well, thank you very much. And like I said, the, you know, the kind words make it all worth it. I mean, that's, that's, that's all I'm asking for is, <laughs> is if somebody enjoyed it to tell me. And if, if somebody can tell me uh, how to make it better, yeah. I want to hear that too. I mean, I, I, I definitely want to improve and, you know, as, as a coach, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, coaches don't practice their craft of trying to learn as much as they can become yep. better, mm -hmm. better coaches. And, you know, if you're, if you're not trying to get better as a coach, you're probably getting worse. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, well, and the other thing, too, is that, and I think that I've done this a lot, but sometimes you just believe in something too much and you don't realize that the game is evolving around you. And the thing is, you're like, this works. And it's like, yeah, that might work for now. But then the next year, hockey, hockey has changed so much and it changes from year to year that if you get too stuck in your ways and you don't kind of see like what's coming you know, down the pipeline and what you are going to have to end up working with, whether or not you like it or not, then you just, you end up being kind of like left behind. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the game is changing so much. I mean, you know, now we officially have positions, but you know, what is a position? A position is simply where you stand a, on the face off. Yeah. Where you stand on the face off. <laughs> Yeah. or what you're listed as on the roster yeah. in the program. Yeah. Because once the game starts, I mean, yes, the defense tend to stay back, but I mean, yeah. that's you, kind of a, yeah. you know, but look at the, the offensive nature the defensemen have taken. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, literally, uh, you'd see maybe two or three guys touch a puck on an offensive rush. And now, I mean, it's not uncommon to see, Every single player, even including the goaltender sometimes, yeah. touch the puck on a rush. Yeah. And, and I've had this conversation before on the podcast, but there's just like an, almost an ultra value to like a hybrid defenseman, like one that can play both sides of the puck and play for it and rush and 
if you have a guy like that, everybody on the ice knows if that guy goes, I'm going to go back. Like, you know, it's just they have every sort. They have practiced that guy going up and becoming part of the rush. And he has all the momentum. He sees the entire ice. It's it's a huge advantage to start from further back. And Dallas has a couple of those. Yeah, it, it's it, but in the thing is, um, I hope that people understand when they're watching some of those defensemen, you know, Haskin in particular, it's like you're seeing something that isn't very common in the wow. world. Like that yeah. is a special, special. I, um, I was at a game where he, uh, he was pretty much shadowing McDavid the whole game, shut McDavid down. But he, you know, a lot of people, I think that they end up getting beat by McDavid by actually just giving you too much space and trying to react to him. Haskinen was literally shadowing him but in the defensive position where he's having to do like backward crossovers to match McDavid, but just being so close. And it's like that only happens when you're just like elite, elite, elite. But you see that on the offensive side of the puck with him too. You know, it's just Well, like, he is a special person, especially at the age to blossom like he has. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. such a, a young kid right now too. But, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, the game is built on space yes. and you want to create space when you're on the offensive end and you want to take away space on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. And so many times when you tell somebody or a player or a kid, you know, hey, I want you to be on him. I want you to stay on him. I mean, that means stay on him when he doesn't have the puck. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, naturally the player or the kid thinks that as soon as he touches the puck, I'm going to get on him. But then it's too late. Yeah. If you're playing against a special player that you're trying to cover, and he probably is a special player, you wouldn't be trying to shut him down. Right. So, you know, a big part of that battle is covering him before the puck gets to him. But I also think that that means that you actually need a player that enjoys that part of the game. Like, and that takes a special player too, because that doesn't sound fun to a lot of people. Absolutely. Hey, cover this guy all game. I need you to cover this guy the whole game, shadow him. Like, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. It's not saying, like, hey, get open for the, you know, it's not saying don't, you know, create offense, but there's a lot of players, and I feel like, I don't know, I always say, like, well, nowadays, but, like, I feel like every kid just wants to snipe and dangle now. It's like, what, can we get to, you know, like, where, I'm not saying they don't exist anymore, but, like, where are those kind of, like, hard-nosed defensive, like, I love players that are like, oh, I just don't want the other team to score. Like, that's what I don't want. I don't want them to do that. Like, I've, like I just, I love that. It doesn't happen that often. Well, you know, one of the obstacles that we have to, you know, with, with, with kids hockey is that they do not become students of the game yep. the way that we used to. They don't watch games in holes. They mm -hmm. tend to watch highlights that was back on sports center or whatever. And yep. everything is a dangle yep. and everything's a toe pull. Right. And, uh, you know, so. You know, that's one of the things, if you can ever challenge a, a kid, you know, younger to watch part of a game, even if it's one period, and if you can get them just to watch the same position that they play and just have them come in the next time and talk about it, and from, even if it's wrong what they say, at least you're getting them to watch the game from a different context yeah. than just the highlights. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I do think that, that uh, and I don't know if, uh, I almost think that there's part of, and this is going to be broad too, but like some of it's just like an attention thing. Like I just, I don't know if kids like have the same attention span to be able to sit down long enough, you know, to, to watch the sport sometimes, you know? Well, they don't. If that, that's I'm... a thing. And that's, a, I, I know that seems like a broad assumption, but I don't see it anymore. You know, I don't, even if they're at games, like 
even if I'm at a Stars game, the kids aren't watching. None of the kids are watching. It's almost like, what do you need to be like? What's entertaining to you? Like this should be at least entertaining enough. If you if you want to, I don't know. But so much of that is the is the telephones. Yeah, yes, that yeah. the cell phones that they have. I mean, uh, uh, it's no secret that just about every single one of those cell phones has photographic equipment. Yeah. which means that we must bring in procedures for locker rooms and, mm-hmm. and what have you. And yeah. I can take up uh, their their phones and suddenly they'll produce another one. I mean, oh, some of these it, kids got two or three phones. It, it's, I mean, it, 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 yeah. It, well, and the, 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 so the thing with the phones is, because that's that's a rule for us too. And at the same time, it's like, all right, all the kids, it's one of those to where it's almost like, unless you're counting phones or whatever, there's always more phones. And it's like, how do we... How do they? And th- and then they'll be like, well, this isn't really a phone. It's like, well, what, it's like a little tablet. I'm like, well, what is like, you know? Yeah. It's like, how many of these things do you have? Like, what, you know, same, same thing. But it's one of those things that's frustrating because then it ends up going above and it's like, oh, like, are you not trying to police this? It's like, yes, we are as best we can. But they're coming like they're just, that's a nonstop array of phones or tablets or things. Like, why do they need all these things? So true. So true. What are, and the reason they need these things is because they've become babysitters for so many of the parents. Well, and I mean, when when your kid is misbehaving, you just hand over an iPad or an iPhone for them to play a game. Well, so they become ingrained in it as they grow up. Well, and I I had it I had it the other day where you know there's a kid that lost his phone. I'm like, where's your phone at? And he's like, oh well, out you know on the side or whatever. It's like, oh like why why'd you bring your phone out there? Oh during dry land. Why are you bringing your phone during dry? Like why? Why do you need your phone during dry land? You know, you don't. You brought it out there because you were on it because you feel like you need it. But there's just a, a, a dependence on that. But I feel like that it's just kids aren't watching the game that the way, if we can go back to what we were originally talking about, they're just not watching the game the way that they used to. No, sorry. Because it's, uh, you know, and the thing is, if you really wanted to get better at a craft, I feel like watching somebody that is the best in the world do what they do would be a good way to, to improve your game. Absolutely. I, I mean, I send film clips out to, you know, some of my players and it's amazing how many of them won't even look at the film clip. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about an hour, I mean, uh, a minute and 45 seconds of your time to watch one of these film clips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is that, you know, I think there's such a, you know, cause I, cause I coach JV bronze high school. So uh, you know, we're, 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 um, you know, we don't have a lot of wins, but we're, we're doing better. Uh, we're coming together, doing all, all the good things, but there's this, you know, big thing about like doing dry land, which I do think that is important. But one thing that I want my kids to do because they, they need this, I want them to shoot pucks at home. Like instead of like doing planks at home or push ups or whatever, get a net and shoot some pucks for like, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes a day. Do, do, do. Do something that is going to actually end up improving your game instead of just solely focusing on uh, the dryland portion, at least at this point in there. Because some of them have only played hockey for, you know, a couple seasons. You know, we're at the point to where it's like, okay, if you're going to go home and do dryland, like, you know, we do dryland before and after games, or sorry, before games uh, and sometimes after practices. But uh, it's one of those things where, like, if you're actually going to take time out of your day, like work on your shot. I feel like that's something that we used to do back in the day is that we just, we used to play outside more in, in hockey and whether or not that was just, you know, shooting pucks at the net or whatever it was like whenever I felt like, 
because we didn't have phones and computers and things like that back in the day. When I got bored, I'd go out and I'd just shoot pucks. And that was just a good way to get outside and to do something that I enjoyed anyway. And it was uh, beneficial to me, but I don't know. Like, no, I, I tell you, so much can, can be done out in the driveway. Uh, you can become a great puck handler. You can become a great shooter. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think that with the system that we have with private lessons and, and what have out there that sometimes our parents don't push the kids enough to do stuff on their own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they had rather, you know, pay somebody $150 an hour than to have them out there working by themselves in the driveway. Well, and, and I've had this idea, Kelly Clymer, and I, I'm kind of glad that you said this. And I've had this idea and I give private lessons. But I've thought about this idea, and I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. If I was a parent, I almost feel like if I was going to pay for private lessons, I would go, I'll pay for private lessons if you shoot this many pucks on your own, out in the driveway, whatever it is. Yeah. If you show me that you want to do this, you go out, you do it. And then, you know, because sometimes it's when, when you get a kid that you, you're trying to, because shooting, I think some people forget, is, is complicated. It's hard to learn. Like, it's hard to learn how to get it to... Uh, spin properly and stay flat and for kids that are trying to learn how to do that because there's kids on my high school team that are still trying to learn how to do that and it's one of those things to where okay like if this is if this is something that you need to know then you should practice this at home like go and just do it at home you know absolutely it, it, it'll improve your game so much it's such an intensely you know difficult game overall i mean not just shooting but, you know, what you're talking about shooting, once you, you get the mechanics down out in the driveway, then boom, you know, you're on a, a you know, a, a, a skate. Yeah. And and it's even it's even tougher. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, I still think that uh, it's important that kids um, are able to at least go out, uh, shoot in their driveway. Not saying everybody has to uh, go and, and buy a net, but I, I just I felt like that was something that was. Um, cause I think a lot of parents are wanting to get their kids to a go outside and B do something that's going to help improve their hockey. But, uh, kids just showing up for my lesson every week and not practicing any of the shooting that we worked on the week before is not going to get them better. You know, you, if you, if you take that long in between, like practicing something, it's, you know, it's not going to get better. But I do recommend you get a net because if you're not, you're going to be in defense repair. See, yeah. our thing was garages. <laughs> so we like all of our garages were all broken all the time. Yeah. Just too many. Yeah. Too many broken garages. Uh, my garage, I broke quite a bit. I remember breaking windows. Um, and we still had, I was shooting at the net. I just, I didn't have like a backstop per se. There was not anything that was going to uh, save the garage. Um, but then I think we ended up getting a new garage and then I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. I think, I think once the garage was gone, uh, they just allowed me to do it knowing that at some point, they would get a new one. Um, but anyway, I ruined a garage. So, Adam, did you play street hockey as a I kid? I played a lot of street hockey. Yes. And, I mean, do you think the kids today play as much street hockey as we did? I keep telling them to play street hockey, but they don't. Yeah. They, they just, they, they, they don't want to. But, no, they don't. I wish they did. Yeah, those were some of the greatest times of my life. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, because so, you're, uh, you don't mind me calling you an old school cat. You're an old school cat. Yeah. And you, you still play street hockey. Yep. This is not a new idea. No. Uh, if if there's a game this Saturday, I'll go play. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, but that hey, but that's how you meet people, and especially because uh, and I do want to share like a little bit of your uh, previous episode. But we should say that you are like a DFW person. 
I am a DFW person. I started playing hockey in Dallas in yeah. 1968. Because you sent me a picture of you wearing like uh, old, like the high, the real high gloves. Yes. That's... And you were a young child. Yes. And you sent me that picture and I thought it was, it was very, it's like, oh, yeah, like you really are proving that you've been there for yeah. doing this. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's been very good for me, not just the coaching side, but as a player and stuff, uh, you know, my parents were divorced as I grew up and I was with my mother and my mother worked a lot and I was on my own and it, it really taught me a lot. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I would trade some of the injuries that I have yeah. for the world, but outside of playing and everything, it was, it was very good for me. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's good. Hey, but I kind of want to talk to you about like what you're doing now. Do you want to talk? Cause I haven't really, I bother you every once in a while. I feel like, I feel like I've bothered you a couple times since <laughs> you were on last time, but I haven't really like talked to you. And so I kind of want to know like what you're doing now and how your season's going. Cause we're getting towards the end of the hockey season. So, um, can you kind of tell us about like, uh, what you're, how you're seeing? Yeah, we, going? uh, I have a team that we, uh, we finished, uh, third uh in the uh the final regular season standings mm -hmm. which means you qualify for the state playoffs which is this friday this is you or the penguins okay u18 on u18 yeah. yeah so we uh we've we've got three games in a round robin there and the two that uh uh probably have a two and one record mm -hmm. will meet for the state championship hey. and uh you know our team uh we basically won two-thirds of the games this year yeah uh, you know, there's a, a team in our league that, that is, that is really a good team and another team that is really darn good team. Yes. And, uh, that, uh, is McKinney and the Texas Tigers. Yeah. And so I, I have to, and, and I'll tell you, the Brahmins have, have come back. They have a great team this year. Uh, that's really been good for hockey to have some, some action over here in the Fort Worth area. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, yeah, I like, uh, I, I would like to think, and that is one of the things that I was trying to say, Kelly is like, uh, so, you know, me being one of the managers at Mansfield, we usually don't get the U18, right? You, know, you guys are usually in the Plano Frisco, which makes sense and everything, but that's one of the reasons I don't ever get to see you. Right. Now, if you're talking about hockey in general going on, not just my team, I can tell you that, you know, I do keep up with the stars elite. There's a lot of players that are trying to make that their mm -hmm. careers, mm -hmm. even from an early age. And, you know, there are like four kids that are in the under 12 range that are legitimate NHL future draft choices. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, I, they're coming on. So it's funny. I was, uh, that you say that because I was, uh, the, the elite and I forgot the years cause it kind of changes with the elites cause they're like their specific year. So right. I can't remember exactly which one was playing, but I was talking to one of the parents that I knew cause I, I had coached this kid previously, but now he's playing for elite. But, uh, I was kind of saying, I was like, well, they look like little adults. Like they look like little adult players, but they're just little, like they're just yeah. smaller. But if you look at them, it looks like, you know, an NHL player, like you said, or, you know, it's just. And then if they just grow and continue to do that same thing and get better, then they could be, you know, but you yeah. can just see them at that, even at that age, it's like, they look the part. Does that, is that the right way to say it? They look the part. Yeah. But you know, there, you know, you, you ask, what is the secret of making it and stuff? Uh, you know, I just recently was with, 
Eric Silverman, and Eric Silverman is the under-16 team for the Dallas Stars Elite, and he's mm-hmm. director of coaches for uh, Dallas Junior Hockey Association. And, and you know, he was he has four players that he has coached before that are in the NHL right now. Yeah. And he talked about, you know, how they were all very different paths that they took. Yeah. And, uh, you know, where they went to play, how they went to college, did they make the developmental team, what have you. Yeah. And, and so there's not one path that is the right way. I mean, you have parents ask all the time, do I need to send them off? Uh, you know, really and truly the Dallas elite, their program is so intensive and, and hardcore that, you know, you can, you can get there from there. And yeah. The proof is in the pudding. Oh yeah, no, for sure. But I think that you have, um, you know, you have coaches there. I've had, uh, I had five for on. Um, yeah. five, he, and he, he was great. He was wonderful. Um, and I had, uh, uh, Han- or Trevor Hannes on, yeah. uh, had him on, but you can see it's like, oh, with these guys, like how, and I'm sure there's other great ones that I just haven't met yet. Um, but it's one of those where it's like, I can get it because like they've taken that path one way or another in different paths yeah. and that they, they can really kind of give you like a good, um, but, th- but they also really care, but you know, they know what it takes to get there because that's kind of like what you need at the end of the day. If that makes it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you do have uh, a wealth of knowledge of some coaches that are around here, you know, Trevor's played, uh, high level hockey and, and, and a lot of these guys are, are ex pros and, and, and they know what it, it, what it takes. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the proof is in the metal that these guys have become dedicated with the craft of coaching. They've, they've stuck, uh, they have longevity. Uh, so they've stuck around it and it means something to them. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, every, every coach, you know, wants to have a feather in his cap, which is a success story. Right. A great success story I have is, is that I had a kid that went to the Naval Academy and he ended up playing hockey for Navy. Yeah. But it was just, it was, it made me feel so good that, you know, he got in to the Naval Academy and he's excelled and, and, uh, now he's going to be on a submarine. Well, Hey, I, uh, yeah, he's a braver man than me. I don't think I. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do the submarine. Kelly, could you go to a, on a submarine? Is that something you could do? Absolutely, I could. You could go on a submarine? Absolutely. I've, I've I've seen a little bit of the non-classified pictures. Oh, yeah? And it looks pretty nice. I All mean, right. it's it's much better than a World War II. Well, I, I, I can barely, I can't even go eight feet deep in a pool. I don't know. It's just too deep for me. I, I understand. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's my own thing here. But uh, anyway, so, uh, but coming back to, uh, to your season here, uh, it's almost over. Uh, you're, you're, you've had a good season. Um, what, what, uh, cause I, I did kind of talk to you about this last year, um, when you were coaching for the penguins, but, um, what kind of, uh, do you have a good, cause this is something I kind of wanted to get into, but for kind of personal reasons, but what is your leadership group like this year? Like, you know, cause it kind of changes every year and it doesn't mean that one year is better than the other. But like the, it always kind of changes that dynamic of, you know, cause well, you, you, you can only control, you can try and say, okay, I think that these are the leaders of this team and, and, and whatnot, but there's always kind of the, it, it kind of makes its way to where those people, it kind of, it, it kind of ends up working itself out. And I'm kind of asking you for some advice here, but how, how has your leadership group been this season? And also question two, what do you do when you have kind of, uh, um, 
trouble with the leadership. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can tell you that the leadership this year has been good, but I have always used the method of selecting captains of having the team selected anonymously. And right. so, uh, I believe that, you know, you can lose a team by selecting a captain that yeah. is not respected by the rest of the team. And so I have always done that. And I have found that 95% of the time, they have picked the same guy that I would have picked anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, you're going to have problems with a captain just like you have with everybody, but you, you know, you kind of enlarge it because it's, it's reflective of the whole team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you try to be respectful and, and, and have those meetings with the, with the captains off to the side where everybody else doesn't see it. Mm -hmm. You tell them about your concerns and, and, uh, and, and get them on board. Yeah. Uh, just recently, uh, you know, for our dry land, we do yoga yeah. and, you know, they, uh, sooner or later, you got to watch them cause they'll start all dodging out of yeah. a dry land. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I called the captain over and I said, so do we need to just pay this guy and send him on his way and quit having the class? No, 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 Kelly. No, I'll I, I read you. I'll read you. Yeah. 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 And so. Uh, but you know, outside of that, uh, uh, you know, it, it's been a real good year for leadership. Hadn't had any problems at all. Yeah. Well, so. well, that's good. But I will say on the, uh, yoga thing, um, you're not the first, uh, cause, cause obviously, uh, really respect you, Kelly, but, um, there's been, I feel like a trend of going towards, uh, yoga. Yeah. That's like a, and it's a, it's really. Um, I think part of that is though, uh, kind of the way that the game's changing and the way that, uh, um, I don't know, not just mentally, I think they need to be more focused, but I feel like it's more, um, I don't know, it's more of like a skaters need to be a little bit more limber. Is that the word I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah. There's just, there's something yeah. to it, the way that things are being played now. Yeah. I mean, all players need to be more limber and have more flexibility yeah. and dexterity. And, and that way, uh, you have fewer injuries. Yeah. And I mean, that was my angle. Yeah. Is, is I always felt like, you know, if, if a guy's going to go do weightlifting, he's probably going to go do it on his own. Right. Yeah. And then sometimes when they're around a bunch of other guys, they're always trying to outdo the other guy. Mm -hmm. So they're not using the proper technique and, and what have you. And, uh, and, and so I've always felt that yoga was, uh, was the way to go. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing that? Nine years. Really? Yeah. Nine years? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and you, you don't have to give a shout out or anything. Is there somebody that, that teaches these classes? Yeah. His name is James Fleming. He, uh, owns a business known as Crown Athletics, but okay. he, uh, he, uh, he teaches, uh, the team and, and I'm getting old and, and sticky. So <laughs> I've enlisted him back to having some one-on-one -on -one classes with me now so I can. Well, so here's the thing. So Kelly, I think you already read my mind, but my next question was going to be, so are you doing these classes with the, the team or are you? No, I don't do them with the team. Okay. I, I have gone into the classes before and let them laugh at me. Yeah. And because I, I'm going to tell you, it's amazing how, how fast they become proficient at it and the things that they can do yeah. and some of the poses and, and, and what have you, they're just way out of my range. But don't you think they probably get a little competitive? Cause at first I'm sure they're like, all right, whatever. But then they probably get just like, I mean, most hockey players, a little competitive about it. Yes. Especially the goalies. 
Oh, I'm sure. The, well, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because, I mean, they definitely have to be limber, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, they're just kind of uh, odd creatures anyway. Yes. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. <laughs> By odd, I mean, beautiful, 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 odd creatures, beautiful, strange, uh, magnificent, uh, crazy creatures. But Well, uh, I mean, you know, so much of that is is we look at goalies being different and everything, and as coaches, that's that's our fault because yeah. we tend to hide away from things that we don't understand, and teaching goaltending is is a whole different animal for most of us. Mm -hmm. And so when we're scared to teach goaltending, we try to avoid it. Mm -hmm. We try to avoid drills that uh, in our practices that are specialized for the goalie and stuff like that. And and so what he ends up doing is next thing you know, you've alienated them a little bit. Yeah. You know, you you know, you got to be very careful that when you're communicating the drills and stuff like that, if the goalies are still in their, their nets, you need to skate over to them, tell them exactly what's going on, make sure they understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to talk to them during the game. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, it's real easy to see them come over and be talking to the other goaltender. Yeah. You know, I always try to, uh, you know, one of the one of the two intermissions, make sure that I speak to the goalie just specifically and let one of my assistants yeah. handle the team. But don't don't you also feel like you need to be more sensitive with the way that you um, like? It's easy for my team this season. Like my goalie has been uh, lights out. You know, even if he has a few fumbles here or there, he cares. He's passionate. He's totally in it. Is the model. Uh, player just competitive just you know it, he is he, he is never i have never been able to uh what, what's the word i'm looking for uh ne negate or, or you know say anything bad about him because even you know if he happens to miss something it's not because of a lack of effort it's just him being goalie and sometimes goalies miss pucks but it's almost like there's a special relationship between a coach and a goalie because that's one of two goalies that you have and it's there it's I'm not saying a goalie is a more important position than any other position on the team, but you know, it, it, you have to kind of, you have to handle them a little bit differently, you know, than your forward lines or your deep pairs or, or things like that. There's a different relationship. You know, if you, if you think back to the clinic, I, I always ask if there's goaltenders uh, or goaltenders yeah, you just out there. Yeah, you do. And uh, I always ask them about pulling a goalie that it's having a bad game. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, as a coach of, of young kids and everything, that is something that is that is very tough for me when I have to make the decision. Yeah. I tend to, uh, if I do pull a goalie out, I tell him that he can go back in if he wants to. I just wanted to calm the beast for just a little bit yeah. and give him that opportunity. And then it becomes a little bit of their decision whether or not they want to go back do in. they usually go back in or no they usually do not want to go back. that's in. yeah see that's the you could yeah because you've given them because they didn't want to quit you've yeah. you know what i mean right it's, you've you've pulled them right it's, they've and the other thing too is i feel like once they get back and they think about it they start you know they they remove themselves a little bit they're like oh like you know because a lot of the times it's not their no. fault you know and that the, you're trying to inspire especially if that goalie is given respect, you know, if that goalie is super well respected and you pull him, 
a lot of the times I don't think people understand the effect that that has for the rest of the team. And they're like, oh man, if this guy feels bad, I feel so bad. Yeah. I mean, many times it's just to shake up the team. Yeah. It's just a, yeah. Cause at the same time, and even if you're putting in, you know, say a backup, quote unquote backup, even if you put that backup in that you're willing to risk that to send a spark or to do something you know, with, with the team. There also can be the angle that, you know, if it's just one of those games that he's getting bombed, yeah. okay, do you want your number no one, do you want your number one goalie to continue to get bombed Yeah. or do you pull him out and, yeah. and, and stop the bleeding? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that is just that when they get pulled and they, you're, you're getting pulled in public, you know what I mean? It's yeah. a, it's a public, it's a public pulling. It's a, um, and I, I, but I, I think at the end of the day, I think between the team and the goalie and the coach, it's not as big of a deal, but I think between the goalie and the viewers or whoever's watching, that's where maybe that bigger deal is. Yeah, is I that. mean, it's gotta be an embarrassment somewhat because you yeah. say, Hey, you yeah. know I mean? You weren't doing your job. I mean, but you it looks can. like that, but imagine, but if it's you, not always that way. Imagine if you could do that to your left winger that isn't, you know, yeah, you know, there isn't, imagine people being set up you know, for a face-off and just, no, you're, you know, it's essentially what it would be. Yes, sir. You, you, you know, it's just, it's public because other, other people get sat, but people don't know it. That's right. They don't know it because it's not happening in public like a goalie because the goalie's happening after a goal and everything stopped. That's the only difference. Yeah. And you know, that's as far as sitting people and, and, and stuff like that, it's, it's, that's a tr- tough proposition for when to, to uh, sit people and not. I mean, you, you talk about sitting somebody for a bad penalty. I mean, you know, yeah. that is like the defining dry wine. I mean, we know that some penalties are bad, but other yeah. penalties are kind of in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it takes a lot before I sit somebody. Yeah. No, I get um, and the thing with coaching uh, JV Bronze is, since the hitting age now is, I think, U14, a lot of these kids have never hit before. So now I, I have to teach them how to hit, which is fine. And for the most part, they do a good job, but they still don't really understand it. You know, right. And it, it's one of those things to where it's really like, I, I always appreciate, because what I'm trying to, what, and this, sound, this might sound bad, what I'm trying to get through to them is to be aggressive. Like, I want them to be aggressive. I like the aggressiveness, but sometimes they get a, a penalty for it. And I'm like, I like the aggressiveness. I'm not trying to go against that. But the technicality in this penalty here is that you had your stick in the air. Had you had your stick on the ice, you would A, have a better chance to play the puck off this hit. But then you would also not get this penalty. So you're really trying to teach them through that, but you don't want to tell them to not be aggressive. Like, you're just, uh, you know, I, I try to be more technical with that. Well, it's no secret that there is an evolution of the of the playing rules yeah. and changing from our game from a body checking game to a to a body position game. Yes, yes. and the, the I will say that the referees are struggling with that right now too. It's hard. It's hard. It's, and it's and hard. so you yeah. see a lot of inconsistency. Yeah. They don't know exactly what to to, to call and what not to call sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there is a definite. Uh, you know, definite, uh, definite evolution. But as a coach, I feel like for me anyway, that I just, I'm reading the officials off the puck drop or off the, you know, I'm really trying to figure out even from, and they do a good job. I'm sure they do this with you, but they come over and they shake your hand and sometimes they chat for a little bit, 
but like you're kind of always rating them and every game's going to be different and you have to figure out what it is that they're going to call. And I'm not saying that you might not be able to change anything per se, but at the end of the day, like it's just, it's from game to game, from rep to rep. Cause the, if you look up the rules right now, and this is why I, I feel bad for refs sometimes, the rules are so, you know, okay, what are we doing? Like now you can hit, but sort of not hit, but you know, I felt like when I was growing up, there was like a rule to where if you passed it until it like got to the person that was catching the puck, you could just get hit, you know? So yeah. like you, you pass the puck and then you're like dodging somebody for like 10 yeah. seconds afterwards. Yeah. You and, used to be able to finish the track. Yeah. And, 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 and like, and part of me understands why they don't want to do it anymore, but it's just, it's, it's hard for me. It's, it's almost like I'm having to learn differently just as everybody else is because, you know, it's it changes so much and it's changed so much since I was, uh, you know, playing. Well, the, uh, you know, the body checking now has to be an attempt to play the puck. I like So that, that, that's, that, that leaves a lot of things for, for interpretation. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the refs overall do, do a good job with it, but sometimes our players don't understand that and they don't understand why they got a penalty. Yeah. And so you have to go through that and explain it to them for the, yeah. 400 time well and, the thing and, is, yeah. and then body contact you know somebody says how do you describe body contact and what is the difference and you know that is the contact that usually arises when players are going the same direction mm -hmm. that's the best way to describe it in my opinion yeah unless somebody's hitting somebody from behind yeah well and that's uh it, so and here's the other thing i think that it's sometimes depending on the age group Sometimes it's their natural reaction to just be like, no, I didn't. Because most of the times when my kids do that, I'm like, you did. You like you, you know, I don't think I've argued. I don't think I've argued with referee once that or only once this season, probably. But for the most part, when we get the penalties, I'm like, this is why you got it. But I almost think it's a natural reaction at a certain age to just be like, no, I didn't. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, but if they were to go back and look and see what I saw, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I did. Well, let me ask you, Adam, if the highway patrolman pulls you over tonight yeah are you gonna argue oh well absolutely not no absolutely not so, so yes you know, i mean it's the same type of situation it is arguing is yeah. not gonna do any good yeah. yeah and we all have you know figures of authority that we have to respect and it's the same thing i mean yeah. uh, you know i had a player this past weekend and i mean he got four he got three penalties look at he split and he was out of the game yeah but you know he's mouthing off to the ref and everything i, I you know and i kept telling him i'm going you're just making the guy hate you yeah he's uh -huh. going to call every 50 50 call against <laughs> right, you right yeah i mean it's just nature even if yeah. he doesn't think he is he yeah is. yeah and i've been and the thing is at that point you almost don't believe my, and the thing is is like i almost feel like you have a grace period if something happens and you're skating to the box you can kind of talk to the ref or whatever but once you kind of are getting that box, you just get in that box. If you don't get in that box and you're still talking, now all of a sudden the game's trying to happen and you're still talking to the ref outside the box. And that's when people are now focused on you instead of the game. Or, you know, like... Well, you, I mean, you put a guy that's in the position of referee and that's played some pretty go good hockey in his life. And most have. Most yes. Have. Yeah. And he has a kid just telling him he's horrible, horrible, <laughs> right, yeah. who really is horrible himself. Right, right. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's tough for them to, but you know, they need to keep their mouth shuts too. Yeah. And they need to not accelerate and, yeah. and raise the, 
the temper level. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that comes with a job. If you didn't want to get abused and, and talk to you, <laughs> the refereeing's not for you. Yeah. Well, that, def that definitely uh, does happen. But I think that's when I, you know, talk about reading the ref. There's some I'm like, all right, this guy's literally just going to try and make this as, you know. Yeah. It's like there is not. You know, because all it takes is him to have a bad day and, you know, because it's, uh, I've just seen it happen too many times. That's why I try and tell the kids, like, it's, uh, you have to kind of take the, uh, your emotions not out on the ref, like, because at that point, the penalty's already been called. Like, it's already there's, been there's little tricks, though, that you can play with the referee that, that lets him know that you, you know the game. I mean, first of all, in youth hockey, if you're, if you're going to talk to a referee, get down off the bench. Don't stand high. In the oh, bench. don't be above. Yeah, don't go be above. to yeah. one end of the bench or the other because he wants to talk to you where all the kids aren't hearing everything and and saying bad words to him while he's trying to talk to you. Yeah. And another thing is, you know, if there's a minute and a half left in the period and you want to talk to him, I mean, just wait till the period's over. Yeah. I mean, they hate to be talked to yeah. inside the last two minutes of a period because they figure, hey, you're just holding up the game. And, uh, you know, unless you're trying to rest your number one line or something like that on a power play, yeah. then I would say, give it a try. Yeah. Uh, well, sp uh speaking of, speaking of tricks, uh, I had, uh, and I, I believe he's a, a friend of yours, uh, Ryan McLean, I had him on the podcast <laughs> so, we're talking about tricks. Ryan McLean is, is the king of knowing when to talk to the rest. But he, he, he told some stories about uh, be, being tricky. Um, and I had already had you on the podcast cause you know, we kind of, we kind of got in this little bit, but, uh. He, uh, it seems like he, he gets a little tricky, uh, when he coaches against you. Anything to say about that? Uh, absolutely. He, he does. And, and, uh, Ryan is a good friend of mine and yeah. we had, we had some great, uh, rivalry <laughs> games. I would love to. And, yeah. and everything. And he is, he is, uh, he's, he's a great hockey coach Yeah, and he's, a he, he knows gamesmanship and, <laughs> and he knows trickery very well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And this, but in all respect, in all respect, the the trickery. But anyway, I I had to bring that up because, uh, yeah. Anyway, when he was talking about that, I just thought it was too funny. He just had hip surgery too, by Did the way. He? Yeah, so you well, probably don't want that in the show. But. Yeah, well, no, he's he's fine. He's fine. Um, but uh, either way, so we are getting a little close on uh, time here. At okay. Climber. Um, but I don't know if you remember last time that you were on the show. Um, but we have a thing that's called, uh, the shout out and the shout out can be, uh, anything it has to be vocal, um, uh, but it just has to be positive. Uh, it has to be something positive that you, uh, put out into the world, um, uh, just something, um, it can be friends, family, um, ideas, it could be a coaching mantra, it could be, uh, anything it could be a sound. Um, okay. My reach out is going to be, or shout out, I it's, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Shout out is Whatever going to be to, uh, one of my assistant coaches, John Michael Dragojevic. Okay. And John Michael is in his junior year at SMU, mm -hmm. but he is there at every single practice at every single game. He is uh, a Canadian, uh, and he's, he's dual citizenship now cause he got his American citizenship, but he has done an incredible job and he is going to be a tremendous coach. He's 21 years old right now. So he's. He's got some time, yeah. but he is going to be one of the most fantastic coaches that this area has ever seen. And, and I just, I, I really am blessed to have him the last two years Yeah, and he's done a fantastic job for me. Hey, no, that, that, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, so what, uh, if you don't mind me asking, 
uh, what things do you see in him? Do you do you see a young Kelly Climber, or uh, what uh, what things do you see in him that uh, makes you think that he'll be a good coach? Now he, uh, you know, he's always there early, yeah, and he always stays late, yeah. And there's something about somebody that has that attitude to start off with uh, that that tells you everything. When I you set a time with me here, I wanted to be here on time for you tonight. And I think that that's just something that's that's a, a signal that tells you something right off the bat. His knowledge of hockey is good. I, I've turned over practices many, many times this year to him. He does a great job of practice planning. He has a great, uh, I guess you would call it, archive of practice plans and yeah. stuff in his mind. And uh, he just, those are just some of the things that I see in him. You know, I did coach him as a player. Uh-huh. And, you know, one thing that I notice is that, is that usually our players, if they lose control of the puck, they'll start beating their stick on the ice for me to fire them another puck during a drill, but not him. I mean, if it went all the way length of the ice, he skated all the way down, picked it up and came back now. Yeah. That was some of that Canadian blood in him, but. Yeah. No, hey, that's, <laughs> hey, that's uh, to, to be honest with you, that's like an awesome, awesome trait. I, uh, yeah, there's just, there's certain players and you see certain things and, not saying one is going to equal success and one isn't going to, you know, be successful, but it's just, it's a sign that, and it's just a sign of good things to come. Because yeah. if you're doing that, you're also doing other things that are, you know, and it, it's even in these, you know, some of these private lessons, it's like, it, it's funny, you know, cause I try and preach that when they do these drills, like they should do it like they would in a game, but there's times where they'll go in. It doesn't matter if I have, uh, you know, instead of a goalie, if I have a mini net set up, just something in the way so they have to kind of uh, aim for something. But there's some kids, if it hits the middle of the net, and, you know, ah, it's over. Some kids, uh, it hits the middle of the net, they play it through. They act like it's a rebound, yeah. as they should. The, you know, play it through as it would be a game. And the funny part is, is there will, there will be so many goals missed if you don't play the game that way. Like, play it through. Like, play, like... Absolutely. It, there's so many lazy... I call them just lazy half loops now. Flybys. There's a shoe. They take a shot and they, it's like, what's going on over there? What did you think was going on to the side? Like, there isn't anything going on over there. Why did you just lazy loop? Yeah, we call them flybys too. But but, but there's nothing. You (laughs) could literally show it to somebody on video and be like, what was going on over there? What did you And they're allergic to stops and starts too, if you notice. Because they're hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, well, that's going to, you know, like, well, what? Like, you can't, if that puts you in a better position, then you best like do that. But it's just, and the weird thing is it kind of just happens after the whistle and you can see it so clearly and you're like, "Mm." you know, if you just followed that through. You'd have had it. Especially when there's like a little rebound in front, you know, or something happens and they do that lazy loop. And it's like, had you continued towards the net, it just, there's, there, there's possibilities there, but. They will play as they practice. Yes. That's yes. They will play as they practice. Yes. But I think, yeah, we can just, we can, yeah, they will play as they practice. But, uh, anyway, well, I have to, I have to do my shout out now, uh, Kelly Climber. Um, so my shout out is going to be for, um, I'm going to do my shout out, um, for the Rubes Roost Classic. I know I talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, kind of felt like uh, some of those things where you kind of have a, a bunch of guys that uh, you know well within the area. Uh, Andrew Palmer was there. Uh, my partner in the podcast, Matt Taylor, was there. Uh, so I'm going to shout out both of them. Chris Rubio, John Rubio, uh, Kirk Anderson, who is working on a new logo for the face-off spot. Um, I don't know. There's so many other people. Uh, Garrett Weitzel was there. 
Cal Meese, who has the record for most hockey games, I think, played ever on the planet by a person was there. Um, but anyway, there was a, just a bunch of really, really cool uh, people from the community, and it was uh, it was a good day for hockey. Um, but anyway, so my shout-out was for the Reeves Roos Classic. Um, yeah, that's my shout-out. Kelly Clymer, thank you so much for coming down to Mansfield. Hey, it was my pleasure. I, thank uh, you for the invite. I... Uh, I'll reach out anytime I go further up north, but it just doesn't happen uh, as often anymore. Um, and I know that you, like with coaching U18, you're not down in Mansfield a whole lot. Most of the time your games are up north, um, but I appreciate talking to you, and I'm glad that I could uh, semi-guilt trip you into coming down here and to uh, coming on my podcast. Not at all. Glad to do it. Well, hey, um, so I'll probably ask you again at some point. I'll bother you. Again, I don't know. I'm going to find reasons to continue to talk to you. I like it. Okay. Well, hey. Uh, level, level four this year, though. Hey, huh? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then I think I can take a break for a little bit. Yep. And then I have to do it again. What are the rules with that again? Yeah, level three now. You have to take a level four coming at it. So but I heard I heard at level four we all have go, to. I heard level four we all go to this, like, nice spa. And it's like a huge spa day. And it's yeah. like, is this true? Or no, you know, it is not true. It's not a huge spa day? <laughs> no. Oh, I thought it was like, <laughs> we got massages and like, got in the hot tub. I don't know. I guess they were lying to me. I thought level four was supposed to be like, you finally made it. You don't USA have... hockey lie never. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Well, I thought I was getting a spa day. But anyway, I will definitely take my level four with you. Um, I heard that we're supposed to find out what the meaning of life is in level four. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll find out then, uh, when I take the level four class next year, but I'll make sure I take it with you. Um, because I don't know, you're my guy now. I'd be honored. Yeah. But I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm going to let you just do your thing and, uh, you know, <laughs> no, please do. <laughs> I'm going to let you do your thing. But, uh, anyway, I'm going to do, go ahead and do the Matt Taylor list, uh, the Matt Taylor list. Uh, you can check us out on faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. That's faceoffspotpodcast.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, iTunes, Spotify. Um, yeah, I think those are all the places that you can find us. Uh, Kelly Clymer, thank you once again. And we will catch you guys every Thursday. All right. Later, guys.